need to always take the risk whenever you're faced with two choices and the alternative is you just come back to where you were. So it's not, it's not a big deal for me. hundred percent, man. And the son, if you don't take the risk, as you said, when you get older and you'll sit back and you go, you regret it and you go, well, fuck, I should have done that. I should have fucking done that because who knows where life could have led or where I could have been at if I'd done that, made that choice. Welcome to the Make Shit Happen podcast. If you're a business owner or aspiring entrepreneur who is ready to learn how to stop procrastinating and take massive action to start turning your passion into profit today, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Sam McLeod, real estate expert, six-figure coach, and champion athlete. And my goal is to equip you with the exact tools and steps to create massive success today. Let's dive in. All right, welcome to another episode of Make Shit Happen. Today's guest is none other than Yakso. Yakso, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, brother, for having me, man. I'm very excited to be on my first ever podcast. So I've actually gotten a bunch of requests for like maybe like five or six podcasts in the last few months, but I've declined all of them because I was waiting for a, a special podcast to be my first. So I'm excited to have connected with you. And I'm excited to be on your show, bro. Man. I've watched a couple episodes, brother. Pretty epic. Yeah, so. yeah. No, man. It's an absolute pleasure having you on, man. I know we've been talking now for quite some months, getting to know each other off and on the camera. And, uh, you know, you've done some pretty exciting things, man, with, uh, you know, the drones and working with the Tates and you've launching your own products now. And, man, you're doing some really, really exciting things. And I want to, I want to deep dive into that. And, you know, for the people that, you know, my Australian audience that don't know you, explain, to the people now in terms of who you are, what you do, and what's some things you're working on now? Of course. So I'm a 26-year-old filmmaker. I've been doing this for over 15 years, well, roughly 15 years, coming up on 15 years now. I started when I was 12 years old. I've done everything from editing professionally, like videos, all, all like for over 15 years. And now uh, about 10 years ago, I bought my first camera, seven, eight to 10 years ago. And then uh, two years ago, I got into drones and pretty much, yeah, I do films for different companies and brands all over the world. I'm more of like a brand specialist. I'm not just a drone guy or a filmer or whatever. I do everything from photography to logo design. Um, label design. I've built up brands from the ground up. I create the name. I create the logo. I tell people how to post on social media, how to get their page going viral from zero to a hundred thousand followers and so on and so on. Like all the tricks that I've learned over the years. So I'm pretty much a specialist in making a digital brand and marketing it to the world. Man, that's, that's, that's pretty exciting, man. Like in terms of all the footage you watch, I have to say, like it is some yeah. of the most gripping content that, you know, I've ever seen. And, that video that we put together for the show to, to prior to us coming on now, man, the amount of engagement that I got off that post alone was incredible. Like I had people, I think I had like, I had like over a hundred and fifty shares just off that one video within twenty four hours. Like from people just going, "Oh, look at this!" Look at this. Holy look at this. crap! <laughs> so, man, it's it's really cool. Just like the, in terms of how That's you awesome, make bro. the content with the the drones and the high quality footage, and just how you chop and change every couple of seconds through the content and the footage, man. It's 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 gripping. Like it looks like I'm watching a fucking movie. Like it's it's insane. So, <laughs> but um, 
Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. It, it, it definitely comes with experience, man. It comes with over time. Like I've learned different techniques and like as the years progress, my style has changed. And now I'm learning uh, due to TikTok and all that, all the algorithm changes and everyone's attention span drops. So like you have a couple of seconds to hook someone into the video and you have to capture their attention really quick or else they're going to swipe and move on to the next person. So you got to be very smart with what you put in the video. Then you got to know how to capture people's attention in this game. It's attention company. It's an attention economy now, right? Yeah. So wh whoever can capture attention wins the game. 100%. You have, I think it's like two seconds now to catch someone's attention before they go on and do the next video. So we can uh, thank thank TikTok for that. Yeah. But man, I want to... I want to... <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. Bro. I want to get into why did you get into this? Why did you get into, you know, brand building and content creation and filming and what, what made you start on that journey? All right. So this question goes back all the way to when I was 12 years old. Pretty much, I got my first Xbox and I got Call of Duty, Call of Duty 4, Call of Duty 5. You know, I started innocently playing Call of Duty and then I got into sniping. So all I wanted to do was showcase my sniper skill for the world, right? So I bought a little Hapog HTP VR, which is like a, a screen recorder for video games. And I would spend all summer grinding like from like 9 p.m. till 6 a.m. in the morning. I would just be staying up all night trying to get sniper kills and get nice clips to edit. And then... That led into me learning how to edit. So I was back in the day, there was no tutorials like there is nowadays. So it's just through trial and error, right? So you learn from practicing over and over and over again. And I've done like thousands of different videos of just different uh, techniques. Like, you know, it's pretty funny. It's like all of the same effects that I'm doing today, I've done 12 years ago. So like all the 3D tracking, you see all the different texts in the, in the, like the logo tracking the scene, all that stuff I did 12 years ago in the same program that I'm using today. And all, all like, it just led to me kind of like going from video games to then uh, now real life. So it's the same kind of skill. So it's, it's just experience, right? And then pretty much, so back then I started with Call of Duty. I started making montages and I got really good really fast. And I started to kind of think, I'm like, what if I uh, start teaching people? So I made a company called Editor School on YouTube back in the day. If you were, if you were an editor or a montage guy back in the day, you'll probably know, you've probably heard of it because within like a year, I gained 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and I was making like two, $3,000 a month just from making videos on YouTube. This was wow. like when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. So it was pretty cool because when I was joining like Modern Warfare 2 lobbies and COD 4 lobbies and, and all that stuff, people would be like, oh my God, it's editor school. Like, bro, I follow you. I watch your videos. That was like the whole community back then, right? So I got a, I got a little taste of success, I guess you could say, at a young age. And it just got me hooked, bro. From then on, I fell in love with video editing. Me and my cousins and stuff, we'd always go to the park and make like little airsoft gun films and stuff, like going to the forest and acting like some army guys. You know what I mean? So I have all those videos on my YouTube, <laughs> like on a private YouTube still. Yeah. And I, I like to look back and watch on it to see where I came from. So it's a pretty cool beginning, bro. It's like, and when people hear me, they also ask me like, where did the name Yaxo come from? And it came from like Call of Duty, bro. Cause like back in the day, you join a clan and then you would need like a name, right? So you have like the, the clan suffix or prefix. And then you would have like, uh, for example, like a phase clan or dare or, uh, our, our clan was IZ. So I just, I, I, I wanted like a creative kind of name. So I went online. I went on Google, searched up four letter name, four letter words with Y in it or X in it. Cause I wanted like a unique name. I didn't want just some basic name, you know, I wanted something unique. So I searched it up. And then one of the ones that stuck out to me was Yapso. So it's, it's just, it's funny. People are like, what does it mean? And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything, bro. It just looks cool. So, and then it just stuck with me. So it became my nickname and now everyone just calls me Yaxo. So yeah, man, marketing 101, brother, you got to stand out. 
Well, that's <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, and it's it's very easy to remember, right? Because people, yeah, it's very it's like it's so easy. Like when I say yak, so there's like two spellings you can do. It's either Y A C S O or Y A X O. So in like YouTube and Google, I have the SEO for both of them. So if anyone searches up either of them on Google, my name pops up, and it's easy to remember. It's short. It's clean. And that's it, bro. It's, it's all branding and stuff, right? Oh, 100%. Like, I remember when I first saw your name pop up, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, what is this name? This, uh, I wanted to learn more about you straight away. <laughs> I was just like, I wanted to know more. I was like, who is this guy? But, um, man, that's cool. So, yeah, I think uh, one of the first things, man, that stood out to me with your videos was the cars, right? Because it's, it's supercars, it's gripping. People see it and they want to go, okay, who's this? What's this guy? What's this about? I want to know more. And when I started digging, I found out that, um, you know, you worked with the Tates and you did, you know, you traveled with them and you're filming all their content. How did that happen? How did you get in touch with them and how did you start working with the Tates? Walk me through that. This is an amazing story, bro. So you're going to love this. So pretty much my story with Tates began about, I would say three years ago, around 2019, 2020 times, around those days. And pretty much I moved into a, a, pen, a penthouse in Toronto with one of my buddies. I moved out of my, my parents' house and I moved into a penthouse with one of my, my, my best friends at the time, which is my roommate. And uh, I watched Tate for a little bit. I followed his stuff. This was before he blew up, right? So I was like a fan of his and stuff. And pretty much we, he joined, my, my buddy, he joined the war room. And then um, uh, inside of the war room, they have like meetups and they have like kind of like in the locations that you are. So we, so my buddy, he hosted a Toronto meetup in our apartment. So a bunch of the the, the the guys in the war room came by and then there was like 10 guys in the room. And then it's my, it's also like half my apartment, right? So I'm not really in the war room, but I'm still like in the living room editing because my office was there. And I was trying not to like uh, eavesdrop or kind of like, you know what I mean? Because I'm not in the war room technically yet, but they were very inclusive. They were like, hey, Axel, man, like, why are you have your iPhones? Don't come join us. Like, talk to us. And I'm like, bro, I'm not in the war room yet. They're like, no worries, bro. Like, we want to hear about you. You're, you're a cool guy. You know, you're, you have like, you have your own goals and stuff like that. So you're not like some loser guy. You have like the ambition and stuff. So well, pretty much they went around the room and they're asking everyone, like, what do you do for a living? Blah, blah, blah. Introduce yourself. So then they got to me and they're like, yeah, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, guys, chill, like, do your, do your meetup and all that stuff. And they're like, no, 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 no worries, guys, come in. So <laughs> it was awesome that they included me. So pretty much uh, my buddy, it was he was having a photo shoot. And then he was like, bro, if you want to come by, you can uh, shoot some photos, we'll pay you, and then you can make a little video. And I was like, sure, bro, why not? You know, I was at the time working construction. I wasn't actually a full-time videographer. I am now, but at the time I was working construction. And then pretty much we went to the park, we shot some photos. Uh, we I, I shot a quick little video, like a 15, 30 second video, I shot it. And then we got back to the apartment. And then uh, my my buddy was like, yo, why don't you just put it together real quick, make a quick little 15, 20 second edit. And um, I I pretty much edited it in like an hour. And then uh, my friend uploaded it inside of the, the war room, inside of the, the main chat. And it was at like 2 a.m. he uploaded it. And then the first person to respond was Andrew Tate. So pretty much he was like, who made this? Like right away, that's the way he responded. Who made this? That's it. And I was like, oh shit. And then I was looking at the chat with my buddy, right? And then um, pretty much a long story short, like the 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 guy, another leadership inside of the war room, he messaged my friend and he was like, whoever made this video needs to come to this event we're having in two weeks called the Iron Shadows. And this was the second one, right? So this is Iron Shadows 2. And then pretty much, but but he said that for me to come to this event, I have to be part of the war room. And at the time, I wasn't really uh, blessed with money. I was going paycheck to paycheck and I was kind of like, I didn't have much savings. 
So um, the next day I go to work and then I asked my boss at work and I'm like, hey man, like I have this event coming up in two weeks. Do you mind if I take a week off and going there? And he's like, no, you can't go. And I'm like, fuck, are you serious, bro? So pretty much I decided like on the spot, I was like, you know what? This is a choice in my life where I can go either one direction. I can live the construction job safe, reliable, or I can go take the risk and I can take the leap and I can try and see what happens. So on the spot, I told him, I'm like, I quit. This is my two weeks notice. I can come for the next two weeks if you want me to, but if you don't, I quit today. Here's my tools. Here's everything. I'm done with this company. So he was like, damn, bro, like this guy just quit on me. Right. So pretty much, um, uh, so I talked to the construction guy after and I was like, bro, like, let me talk to you. The, the, is the CEO of the company or whatever. So I talked to him and I was like, listen, man, like I'm 22 or 23 years old. I, I want to try like this is like construction is not my end goal in life. You know, I want to try now when I'm young, I want to try to make it in life and I want to take the leap. And and then uh, I told him straight man to man and he respected me. He was like, you know what? He, he's like, you know what? I respect you that you're trying, you know, you're, you're not afraid. Anytime you want, you can come back and get your job. It's here waiting for you. So that was like a huge relief on me, right? Because I was taking a leap into the unknown. I, I didn't have any savings. I didn't have much money. And also the funny thing was at the event, they were like, you're not getting paid for this event. So you're spending all this money. You're buying the war membership, which is like about at the time, I think $3,000. You're buying tickets there and then you're working for a week for free and you lost your job. So luckily I had a, I had a really nice roommate. He helped me with some money. He, he helped uh, pay for some stuff and I paid him back, obviously, but he helped me at the time and pretty much i told my dad and my dad was like bro you're crazy like you're quitting you're quitting your construction job your safe job to go work for free and i was like dad listen man you don't you don't understand but one day you will you know one day you'll you'll see what i'm doing because i i see i see the opportunity and i always what like in, in life whenever you're faced with two options you always got to take the hardest risk because it's a test, right? You're pretty much like you're testing. Yourself. If you go the easy route, sure, now you feel good and you feel safe. But in, in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you're going to be like, fuck, man, what if I what if I took that risk? You know, and then now look at me, bro. I'm traveling the world full time. I'm making more money than everyone in my family. I'm living my life, shooting for people around the world, meeting millionaires, all that stuff. So pretty much the story is not done yet. So pretty much I I, I bought all the, the membership with my buddy and kind of put, put some money together. I bought the membership. I bought the tickets and I left with negative $250 in my bank account. Shit. And on the, when I came back and yeah, 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 I left and I, I wasn't making no money. Right. So I, so I was like nervous. I was like, bro, fuck man, this has to work out. Or else if it doesn't work out, I'm screwed. I have to like, kind of like get loans or something to figure out. Cause rent was due the day when I came back, rent was due that day. Right. So I had to pull together some money to pay rent. And pretty much when I was at this event, uh, I could, I could go more in depth after, but I'll tell you the story of like, kind of like the take stuff first and I'll go in more in depth of this, of the event. Cause there was like a lot of stuff that happened at this event and stuff. So pretty much. At the event, I was hustling and I, like I shot, I shot the event every single day. I would shoot from 11 a.m. till 11 p.m. And then I would sit on my computer and edit from 11 p.m. till 9 a.m. And at 9 a.m., the leadership would come down the stairs because like they slept for a few hours. They'd come down the stairs. I would show them the video and they'd be like amazing work. And then I'll go sleep for two hours and I'll wake up and I'll do it again for six days or seven days straight. I did this, bro. And there was a new wow. video ready to post every single morning. Like it was ready to go, you know what I mean? And you can still go online and search up the videos, Iron Shadows 2 on YouTube or anywhere. You can see all the videos. And there were like, there were videos that like these guys have never seen before in their lives. They were like, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come from? And how is he making all these videos by himself? Like I was doing single man editing. Like I was shooting it by myself and I was editing by myself like the whole fucking weekend. And I was loving it every second of it. It wasn't like a chore for me. I was like, like I, I would... 
Like in the morning when they would, because they would watch it and then they would say, okay, it's premiere time. So we would go watch it in the other room. And by the time we watched it, I would get the dopamine of everyone losing their minds. They'd be like, oh my God, this is crazy, bro. <laughs> and I couldn't sleep. I would just, I would be like, fuck, I'd be in my bed. And I'm like, I have to have fucking two hours to sleep and I can't sleep because I'm just like high off the dopamine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much long story short, the, yeah, yeah. So, the, so the leadership loved the videos. They absolutely loved it. And they were like, bro, you got to work for us. You got to work for us full time and you got to travel with us. And at the time, Tay wasn't really into the the um, social media stuff. He wasn't really like filming too much. He was filming on the iPhone like, with Luke, and that was okay at the time. So pretty much, I didn't I didn't work with them until 2022, which was last year. And then they invited me back for Iron Shadow Seven. And after that event, I went back. So this was like all they had three, four, five, six, and then on the seventh, they invited me like two years later, and I went there and I killed it. And then since then. I, I've been traveling full time with my girlfriend. Like we haven't really, we come back for like a week or two and then we fly out again. So uh, I spent almost a year and a half nonstop traveling the world, bro. That's insane. So, and then uh, also uh, I wanted to add up to that, the, the, the Tate part. So how I met Tate exactly. So it takes, for you to get in your Tate, you have to, you have to kind of be vetted, right? You can't just join or the war room or you can't just message him and go into tape circle. You have to be vetted by a lot of different people and you have to go through, like these people are not just like normal people. These people are masters. That's human psychology. They, they know how to read you exactly. Like they'll know if you're lying or you're bullshit and all that stuff. So you have to go through different layers of, of vetting. And then eventually when they see you're not a threat and you're not like a fake person or you're not like, you know what I mean? Like so there's some people that have joined just to act and then they'll try to like say some shit or get something. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, so no I went through all that. And then after two years, they invited me out to the yacht. Exactly. Right. So people are like, there's some evil people in the world and stuff like that. So obviously I'm just a, like a normal kid. I just want to make videos, bro. I'm not like, like, you know, I'm not like trying to do anything bad. I just want to make cool videos. And if they don't want me to go, it's fine. Like I'm not, I'm not hurt from it. It is what it is. Right. I understand it's business, but I guess they saw that I was a genuine person. And I just love making videos. And they're like, bro, come on the yacht, spend the week with us. And then I got really close with them and that's it, bro. So since then I've been traveling with them and uh, filming for them full time. That's awesome, man. No, it's a, honestly, like when you were talking about how you're just living off that dopamine for six days straight, two hours sleep every day, like, fuck, man, I can relate to that in so many different <laughs> ways. Like, it's a, when you see people reacting to your work and they're going, oh my God, holy shit, like, you, you vibe off that energy, man. It just, it translates back into <laughs> you and it, it's just, man, it's, it's the best feeling in the world, honestly. It's the best feeling in the world, man. But, um, bro, that's literally, that's literally the whole, the whole thing with creators, bro. Like when, like the whole, like editing is boring as fuck. Shooting is fun, but editing is like the most boring thing in the world. I, I don't like editing specifically, but I do it for the reward at the end, which is people seeing the video and reacting to it. So once you post it, bro, like you're just like on a dopamine high. Cause you're seeing all the comments coming up like, oh my God, it's amazing and all that stuff. So it's just part of the creator process, right? When you, when you finally release your project. Then you get the 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 reward of like everyone being like, oh my god, it's amazing or whatever. So it's a, it's a it's an amazing feeling, bro. I love it. Yeah, awesome, man. Like I tip my hat off to you, bro. Honestly, like going through all that adversity and you know knowing that you're leaving that safe, secure job with the paycheck coming in every week, and you've gone, nut, fuck that. I'm going to go pursue my dreams, and I want to go do something that actually means something to me and matters. And bro, I take your hat off to you, bro. That's that's you know it's not an easy thing to do, and a lot of people will never do that. They will go through their entire life. Wanting to do something you, like that, and then they don't fucking do it because they don't have the balls. So, man, I take my hat off to you, man. That's 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 admirable. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you, and and that's like that's the biggest fear of mine is regret. Like, I don't I don't want to be 80, 90 years old 
in my deathbed, like dying and being like, fuck, man, I wish I, I wish I took that risk. I wish I, I wasn't such a bitch in my life. I wish I didn't care about what people thought about me. I wish I took that. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my biggest fear in life. Not anything else. Like, sure. I could have, uh, I could have like, sh- like I could have done really bad on the event and I could have never been hired and I could have just came back. And what's the, what's going to happen? Oh, I go back to my job and I get my construction job back and, and I'm back to where I was. Yeah. Like, what's the big, you know what I mean? Like, I don't get why people are so afraid of taking risks. Like you can easily find another job. It's not the end of the world. Like you're not going to fucking die. Obviously if you have a family and you have responsibilities and you're older and you have mortgage and all that stuff. So it's a lot more different. And I, I understand that I've read a lot of books in my time. So I understand that when you have a lot of responsibilities, then you can't take as much risks. So I knew I had to take a risk when I'm young in my twenties or else I'm going to be 30 with kids and, and having to stay at construction because that keeps the, the kids fed. Right. So I, I like, I, like I, because I've read a lot of books, I kind of understand that. And I've, I've seen, I've, I've experienced life through other people's problems and their, and their, and their kind of like experiences. So that's why I've always kind of like understood that you need to always take the risk whenever you're faced with two choices. And the alternative is you just come back to where you were. So it's not, it's not a big deal for me. 100%, man. And the son, if you don't take the risk, as you said, you, when you get older and you'll sit back and you go, you regret it. And you go, well, fuck, I should have done that. I should have fucking done that because who knows where life could have led or exactly, where I could have been at if I'd done that, make that choice. But, um, man, when it comes exactly, to bro. what was it like working with them per se, like is in terms of like you can see everyone's perception of them through the videos and through all the shit that's out there in the media right now and you know, it's either it, Andrew, it's Andrew yeah. and Tristan, the guys where you either love them or you hate them. There's no middle ground. It's P3, love them or they, they can't stand them. So, <laughs> yeah. What, what's like, what's something that you can share in terms of working with them? And I guess that you would say your perception of them versus what people see on social media. Yeah, of course. So it's, it's kind of funny because every single time I meet someone like on the street and they're like, Oh, you're yak. So first thing they ask me is like, what's it like working with Tate's? Like, that's the first question they always ask me. So I, I've answered this question like a hundred times already and I'll, I'll keep answering it the same way. And honestly, bro, like in real life, these guys are the most humble, nice guys I've ever met in my life. And it's very surprising to me because when you watch them online, when I was watching them like a couple years ago, I was kind of a little bit nervous meeting them. Right. Cause like you see their online personality and you see how like, savage they are and they're they're cutthroat you know they're like oh what the fuck are you doing like blah, blah 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 like get your shit together and all this stuff but bro in real life they're so nice man i was so surprised because like my first experience with tate was i was in bucharest for the test and um it's an event for the war room and stuff it's on the rumble if you want to watch it the test and pretty much uh i i was there a day or two before and I went to his house to meet him in his in his uh, headquarters or whatever with the security guards and all that stuff. So I went there and I was a little bit nervous because like when you go there, I'm expecting him to be like all rude and like not rude, but more like savage mode to me and stuff. And like I walk in the gate and I see him from across the lawn. And the first thing he does, he looks at me, he smiles with this huge smile and he just walks over to me, gives me a hug. He's like, how are you doing, Axel, man? Nice to have you here. It's a pleasure. I've seen your videos. You're amazing. Like, like welcome to my house. Like, this is your home. If anything you want, let me know. Like, he was so sweet. And I'm like, bro, what the hell i've never i've never met someone so nice that's been this like wealthy and this this influential in my life and then like right away he's like guys we're gonna go for dinner the the, the suv the mercedes suv is pulling in anything you guys want on dinner it's my it's on me don't worry order bottles of wine order whatever you want it's taken care of no problem at all like you know it was so nice and then when we get there, like we we had two Mercedes vans, uh, the one in the back was us, and the one in the front was him and like Tristan and all those guys. So Sartoria was there too. So we pretty much uh, go inside, 
the the place and then on the street like you can see when you get out you can see how rich you can see how famous this guy is when you're chilling with him like so we get out of the car within five seconds there'd be a circle around him of just kids like not kids but like teenagers <laughs> and like young guys kind of like us you know like yeah. bro like across the road they would run across the road like 30 of them bro like they would, and then take such a nice person that he would take time out of his day to take a photo and say hi to every single person in that line like he 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 was like guys go wait i'm gonna come in in a bit so we hey out of security guards around him in case obviously someone's trying to be uh like a threat but pretty much one by one bro he went to each person took a photo hello how are you nice to meet you blah 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 you know so i was like damn bro i didn't know this guy was like this famous you know and this was like a couple years this was before he blew up yeah so imagine now how famous he is bro so yeah like you're working with him and tristan bro tristan was super nice on the yacht like he would always be like yeah actually put your camera down man like come chill with us like grab a drink like fuck off like stop filming you know like stop filming and come chill with the boys so it was, it was cool that they included me because i've had clients that are like why are you why is the camera down get out of the work like you're, you're getting paid to work you know and also with like deadlines and stuff they're very flexible like they're very like i just like Tay would be like, hey man, like how how is the length of the video? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna get finished in two days. Like, no worries, bro. Take your time. No stress. No, 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 no. Like you know what I mean? So I'm used to clients being like, bro, I need the video done today. Where the fuck are you? Like, hurry up. Like you know. So it's a very it's a very different thing. Like when you meet them in person, it's completely different, bro. Obviously online they're more like savage and stuff, and they do it on purpose, right? So they know how men work, and they know like if you want to get a guy to change, you have to be ruthless and call him a piece of shit and a peasant, yeah, and all that stuff. So that that's smart guys, uh, man. Very smart guys. That's what I think people's biggest misconception when I watch their content and because I've induced a lot of it because I wanted to not just get all the mainstream stuff, but try and find that bit of content that, you know, where he's talking or he's being himself a little bit more because I think people don't understand that all the content that he does, he literally does it to invoke a reaction out of people. Like, there's a video that I watched where he's sitting in the back of a car and he's laughing and he's talking about how he'll do a 30-second clip on, you know, let's just say how he says, you know, uh, men suck at driving or women suck at driving. And he'll literally say, I'll do a 30-second yeah. clip and people will devote a six-part YouTube series trying to debunk what I say. And then he'll like, he'll just start pissing himself <laughs> laughing and just like taking the piss out of the fact that he'll yeah. say one thing, which he might not even believe it, but he'll just say it to invoke and get a reaction out of people. And then they'll, they'll literally just exactly. lose their fucking minds. Um, like I don't agree with everything the guy says, but all yeah. in all, like the entertainment value is just mm -hmm. it's fucking hilarious to, to be honest. Like he is fucking funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. It I was gonna say, um, these guys, these guys are chess grandmasters, right? So you got you got to look at it like that. Like these guys are playing life four, five, six steps ahead. Like they're not they're not playing on a one to one basis. They're like, if I piss these people off, then they're gonna do this, then they're gonna do this, then they're gonna do this. Okay, then they're gonna buy the course, you know. So they're even like the the Greta thing on Twitter, like. He does this like he he he'll piss people off and he he'll like he'll throw bait at people and they'll take the bait and when he takes the bait now now he's got like millions of more eyes on his page and obviously some some people will be haters but most people are logical they have a brain and they can see that he's fucking around he's trolling people and that's it like he he gets way more fans and like you know what I mean so if people spend time to actually watch his videos and like listen to what he's saying they're like this guy's right man this guy's telling the truth obviously there are some people that are super extreme and they don't like what he's saying and then they take snippets and they lie and stuff like that so there is that side of it but most people like 90 percent of people in the world are not dumb people bro they understand like he's he's not being like like for example the what was it the harry was it the harry potter thing or something else no star wars you did, did have you seen the star wars thing that he said on twitter a couple years ago 
when he's like, oh, if you're Star Wars, you're a fucking geek yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. All these guys that like live on Star Wars and they fucking have like their whole room is full of Star Wars. They're all like, hating on him. And he's like, bro, like, like, come on, man. I'm just, he's just trolling. Like, you know, he's fucking around and it pissed him off. And then he went viral off that thing. And the depression thing too. Like <laughs> he goes viral off. He's something he knows, he knows how to trigger people. And then that's it, bro. He's a very smart guy, man. These guys are ch chess grandmasters, bro. Yeah. What would you say is, before we move on to the next thing, but with the Tates, like, what would you say would be your, one of your best memories with those guys? Oh, bro. For me, one of the best memories with the Tates has definitely got to be the Croatia yacht. Like, the first night, man, these guys got me fucking hammered, bro. Like, I was like, <laughs> like these guys are so funny, man. They're just like, yeah, yeah, so where's your drink? And I'm like, bro, I'm filming, man. Let me film, bro. It's my first night. I'm trying to, like, impress you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let me just fucking film. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, here, he'd just go. He would run over to the bar. He'd get, like, two shots. He would bring it to me, and he would give it to me. He would, like, drink it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's like, I'm like, bro, I'm, try I'm trying to work, bro. I can't work drunk. He's like, no, 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 drink it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. And I'll drink it. And then, like, uh, I'll be filming. And then you just look at me from across through the girls. You point at me and be like, where's your drink? And you go get another one. And I'm like, bro, this fucking guy. But then, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, one of the boys. I don't know, like, it was just fun, man. Because, like, it's, it's fun to be around these guys, man. They have good energy. You know, they're, they're like, like, Tate told me on the boat, he was like, bro, let's, let's film. Like, so we, it was a seven day yacht trip, right? And then he was like, Let's film three days and then just relax the rest of the four days, bro. Like, let's just get it done with. Let's shoot. And I was like, honestly, Tate, like, I, I appreciate it, but I actually genuinely love filming. Like, it's not like a chore for me. Like, yesterday, I, after I was in Vancouver, I was shooting an event and the, the event was Saturday, but yesterday was Sunday. And I could have gone and chilled and hung out or whatever, but I decided to shoot more because I genuinely love it. So I met up with a super guard guy. I, I filmed all day and I loved every second of it. So it's not a chore for me, right? So. It's cool. It's cool how they include me and they don't have to, right? They can be like, oh, you're working here. We're paying you. So get up and film the whole time. But they're like, bro, put the camera down. We don't want you to film all day. Just come chill with us, relax with us. So it was cool to kind of sit with them one-on-one -on -one and talk with them and like away from the cameras, you know? So there's no cameras filming. We're just talking like boys and they're giving me life advice and telling me about like stories that they don't tell people in the real world, like all like all over internet. They tell me like cool, unique stories. So I get to, I get to learn a side of them that nobody else does, right? So it's a very cool experience, bro. And also another, another cool experience with Tate is this will just show you how nice he is as a person. So we're in the Transfiguration Mountains after the, the test event. We stayed for another week and then we had like a, we filmed in the Transfiguration Mountains, which is like some crazy swervy like mountains in the Romanian mountains up, up north a bit. I think it's like three, four hours drive. And then um, after we after we're done filming, I was sitting in Tate's car. It was in McLaren. So I had like two hours to just talk with him. And he was like asking me about life and like where what I do for work in Toronto. Because at the time I wasn't really working full time with them. Like I was like going around the world, but I was I was still like a new guy to them. You know, I wasn't really like a friend of theirs. So he was like bro, where's your girlfriend? And I was like, oh, she's back at the hotel in Bucharest. He was like, he's like, oh, we're, we're driving like two hours uh, north more. Uh, let me know if you want. I'll call my security. He'll he'll pick her up and he'll drive her to fucking where we're going. So I was like, oh shit. Like, I was like, bro, don't worry about it. Like, you know, I, I, you're a busy guy. Don't worry. Like your security guard's going to watch your house. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, bro, don't worry about it at all. Let me call them right now. And then your girlfriend will be waiting for you at the hotel. And I'm like, bro, this guy's so nice. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to do that. He can be like, bro, fuck off. Like, I don't care. Like, come film and leave, you know? So, like, that's how nice this guy is. And I'm like, damn, bro, this guy's really nice as a person. Like, he's genuinely a good person. Like, and a lot of people that are broke aren't like this. So, if this guy's like a fucking billionaire and he's saying this to me, like, this guy, that shows his character, right? And there's no camera filming. He's just me and him one to one. And he doesn't really know me that well. He's offering to to bring my girlfriend four or five hours drive with the security guard and pay him and I get her a hotel room. Like, you know what I mean? So, 
these guys are like, I can't say enough good things about them because my experience with them was like mind blowing to me. And I'm just like, bro, if these guys are nice, then what the fuck are these poor people being such assholes to me? Yeah, he seems like he, he, I can see that side of him where if he, if he thinks that you're a good person and he, and he likes you, like he will go out of his way to try and help you in some way, shape or form, not even in money ways, but just like he would make an effort to try and make you you know, more comfortable or have more of an, uh, more enjoyment being around him or like, you know, if you care about something, he'll, he'll work out how can I fix that or can I help him with that? Like, what can I do? Um, like, you know, it's just exactly one of those wrong. things, man, but, um, super genuine guy, man. Yeah. Oh, man. You can, you can tell, like, if you're, if you're not a fucking retard, you can tell that the guy is, is switched on. He's very smart. And man, like a lot of the guys don't even know that they, they have kids as well, you know? So. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but bro, moving on to what you're doing now, I saw that you spoke in an event over in Scotland. Well, t- talk us through that. What was that about? That was uh, an event called the Young Entrepreneur Society. It was, uh, I was actually a guy inside of the war room and, um, he reached out to me through the, the war room and he was like, Hey man, I've seen your content online. Do you have some time in July? I believe it. No, it was June in June. He was like, if you can come down to Scotland and we would love to have you speak and stuff. We have 500 entrepreneurs that are going to be in the room. It was 500 to 800 around there. I don't know exactly how much it was, but it was around that much. And pretty much he was like, yeah, man, if you can come down, it would be amazing to have you speak about content creation and all that stuff. And more specifically, phone content creation. So I, so pretty much, yeah. So I, I started making a course for that event because he was like, hey, man, if you have something you want to like pitch and stuff, it's cool. So I, I had a course that came out of the event. I went in front of the people and I spoke and... Like I was a little bit nervous going up, going up on stage because it's my first time speaking, right? I've never spoken in front of this many people in my life. Like the only time I've ever spoken in front of this, like a, um, like a group of people was like maybe 50 or 60 people at another warm event. And they were like my friends. So it wasn't like speaking in front of strangers that are entrepreneurs. And a lot of these people are more wealthy than you. They're a lot more further in life than you. So now you have to come up on stage and lecture them for 90 minutes about, about something. And they're like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of like, it's, it, it's nerve wracking. See, like being going up on stage. But as soon as my name was called up, bro, like I switched into like a character because uh, I have some experience dancing and like I, I used to dance in front of like groups of like 100 people, 200 people, like circles, right? So we would dance and I have experience uh, shuffling and all that stuff. So as soon as I was called my name, it switched on like the shuffle mode. So I just went boom into the character and I wasn't nervous at all, bro. I went on stage and I was just making jokes. I was cracking jokes. I was I was freestyling the whole the whole presentation pretty much. And it was natural to me. I felt like I was in front of like my friends and stuff. And like I could see the crowd. People were giggling and laughing and shit. It was hilarious, bro. So it was an amazing experience. Like I, I, uh, I thank Richard and Paul and all those guys for inviting me. Like those guys are straight G's, man. They're, they're killing the game in UK. And I think that was one of their like smaller events, but they have events like big ones every few months or something. So it's it's an amazing experience to meet them and see them in real life and all that stuff. So thank you to them, man. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Now that's really cool because I've, I used to be a DJ back in the day, so I used to um, do like little, like little, like not well, I went little, but I've like you know five to six, seven thousand people I've played in front of, and again, like I love speaking. Speaking's like one of my favorite things to do. So if I get the chance to talk in, in front of a crowd or to an audience, like it's like that, man. As soon as you come on, it's like bang, you just switch on straight into character, and man, the yeah, energy and the vibe you can the you character can fucking feel it in the room, man. I love it. It's the best, but. Um, when it comes to content creation, let's 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 talk about this because social media right now, like like you said, we're in the, we're in the digital 
economy right now. Like it's all about attention. It's all about, you know, what kind of CV do you have online? Like how, how influential are you? How many people's attention can you command on an instant? So with, with building a personal brand and things like that, like I've gone on my own little journey of it, but I would rather like to hear your thoughts on how important is it right now, especially if you're a business owner or if you're, you, you've just started a business in terms of your digital footprint and being online and trying to obviously build up an audience. How important is that right now in today's age? Of course. Amazing question. So making a digital brand and going online and showing what you do is possibly the most important thing you can do because now everything is digital, bro. Every single old person, every single young person, every single like teenager, everyone, everyone has a phone and this is the way people connect. And if you're not on social media, if you're not posting about your brand, nobody knows who you are and nobody really cares about you, right? So I have a, I have a really cool story that that, that, that kind of like put things into perspective. So uh, a few weeks ago at my dad's house, he got his driveway done, right? And, and his driveway, it was like some uh, company of Asian guys. I think they're like more old school guys. Yeah. And they and they had no branding. They had no they had no video cameras going. They had like they, I'm sure they didn't have social media and stuff. But I was outside watching this, and I was, I was like I was curious to see how it went down the driveway. So I was watching it, and I'm like, oh my god, these guys are going so fast. Within like two hours, the driveway was done. It was perfect, looked beautiful. And I was like, god damn, bro! Like because I saw them physically doing the work. I wanted to hire them for my own driveway. So if 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 I wasn't there seeing it, I wouldn't know who the fuck they were, right? Like I like they wouldn't even exist in my in my in my reality. So just by me seeing them doing what they do made me want to hire them. So just think about that on a on a digital level, like on your phone. So imagine someone scrolling through Instagram and they see your video of you whatever, doing a real estate property tour. And because they saw that video of you, now they want to hire you for their real estate video tour. So this is why video production and content creation is so important because it's pretty much like, it's like getting a duplicate of yourself, like a twin. And every video you make is like a, a, a replication of yourself. So you're putting it out into, into the universe, yeah. right? So you make a video, you post it, and then you go to sleep. It's kind of like passive growth. So while you're sleeping, this video is circulating through the, the world. People are seeing you. They're following you. They're, they're, they're seeing who you are. Because people don't, like people are on the phone. And through Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything, you can literally meet millions of different possible clients all over the world with just one video. So if you're not posting video, I don't know why. Like, like I don't know, maybe you don't know how to. Maybe you're just like, you think you're too cool for that. But like, you should, like, I think it's the most important thing ever to have an online brand and have someone specifically that, that knows what they're doing post for you because it's a it's kind of like an investment right people will buy fake followers and they'll buy uh views and likes and comments but they won't buy an editor or they won't pay for someone to make content for them that will get them genuine real followers that will buy buy from them in the future like because of my followers now I've, i'm pretty much booked out for the next six months all over the world just by me posting you know what I mean? So that's how powerful it is. If I didn't post my content, where would I be getting clients from? Like walking door to door at fucking stores and asking people to to pay me? Like, you know what I mean? So like posting on social media is the most important thing. You have to have a brand nowadays. You have to have a, like not just a brand, you have to have a professional brand that people can see quality because you're competing with other people. Like there are there are a hundred different people competing with you at the same time with the same client. So what makes you stand out? Why would people pay you over other people? And that's it. So you got to make sure you have your quality on point. You got to make sure you post consistently and you got to make sure you have something great to sell because people won't buy otherwise. Yeah, hundred percent. I think like people underestimate how important it is to have a good product versus good marketing you have exceptional marketing but if your product's shit 
you know, word of mouth will get around within a very, very short amount of time, especially in the online space, because if you aren't being genuine online and selling an actual good product that actually helps people and solves a problem, it, your, your, your reputation will go down the toilet in two seconds, man. You're fucked. So yeah. it is so important that you have a great product. But we thought exactly, bro. When it comes to content creation and, and posting, like if I'm just starting off, am I better off picking one platform, say Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn or whatever the platform may be versus trying to tackle every single one of them at once? What's, what's your view on that? I would say if you're just starting off, you can take that same piece of content that you make. So say, let's, let's say you make a video and you can post that same content on YouTube, TikTok, uh, Facebook, every single app that takes short form videos. You can post that same video on each one and it'll go viral on each one. Like, for example, if a video goes viral on TikTok, most likely it'll go viral on YouTube. Most likely it'll go viral on Instagram because they kind of, the algorithms work the same. Like they're, they're, they're based on watch through rate. They're based on engagement. So if your video goes viral on one of them, it'll go viral on all of them. So. If, if I'm not hundred percent sure if, if different platforms can tell if, if, if clips are reused, if it is reused, just take the first second or the first two seconds and just change the clip to something else, put a different text on screen and post it. So it's like the same kind of content, but it's one or two clips are changed and it's a new piece of content, but it's the same exact video that you posted on each platform. And I don't see a problem with posting on all of them. If you're posting on one, just repost, like it takes five minutes to post it on YouTube, the same caption, the same, the same kind of like video so it's not really a lot of extra work right so why not go on all of the different platforms and just focus on one and you're gonna hire you have higher chances of blowing up on one of those four if you're posting on all four than if you're just post on one and not blow up yeah because i think i think one of the biggest issues people so i think definitely people have with content creation is they just they can't be fucked to do it because they think it takes so long and so much time and effort to post on all the different platforms and in their eyes have like you know different content for each platform like, as you said, you're repurposing one content across four different platforms. So, again, if I'm starting off and, you know, like they, they don't know have your know-how or your skill or knowledge, what would be uh, a sound content strategy per se for filming? Like, if you are you better off filming short-form content? Are you better off filming long-form and then cutting it down to short-form content? Like, what's, I guess, what's a content strategy in your head that people can use to help build their brand? Of course. So a good, what I would say if you're a beginner is I would say, first off, find a place that you can dedicate to filming. So like, for example, I have my, my room right here. I set it up like 50 bucks for the wall tiles, 10 bucks for the fucking logo cardboard thing right there. And some lights with like a hundred bucks. I have like a professional studio. I have some lighting here and there and pretty much have uh, a room where you can go and you can batch film content. So yeah, pretty much like you got to first know what to film, right? So what I would say is figure out some misconceptions or some myths about your specific niche. So if you're in real estate, figure out the misconceptions of real estate, um, whatever it is, like uh, flip-flop sales, it doesn't matter. Like whatever you do in this world, you can make content out of. So now nowadays with the, the creation of TikTok, long form content is dead. Like obviously there is a time and place like podcasts for like people driving and YouTube when they're eating, all that stuff. There's a place for long form content, but for the most part, people are st are scrolling on their phones and they're looking through Instagram, TikTok. So short form will give you much be better return on your investment than if you were to shoot long form content because uh, you have much higher chance of reaching more people with the more videos that you create, right? So I would say batch, like make a list of different kind of uh, myths or stuff that you want to make videos on, 
buy a little tripod for 10 bucks off Amazon, put it in front of you, buy some lighting equipment, maybe a ring light or some, if you have more money, you want to invest in like some professional setups, you can buy one for like 500 bucks, like two of them, two lights as a package softbox. And then just sit down, look in the camera and just talk, like, just be like, okay, uh, three reasons why you're not making as much money in real estate as you should be. Boom. Re reason number one, reason number two, reason number three, or like, uh, three myths for investments or something like that, you know? So you just film the video and then you can take that same video and you can funnel it to some editor in Bangladesh or India or anywhere around the world, pay them $15 and they will make you a crazy viral video with like their editing skills. And that's it, bro. Instead of buying followers and act like, you know, like, you know what you're talking about and like being famous, why don't you just pay for someone to help you make the content and go viral yourself. Or you can learn yourself how to make content because it's very easy. It's not that hard to do. And save the money, put that money into equipment and get a hot, more professional equipment. And that's it. With time, you get better and better and better. And with time, as you post more consistently, the algorithm starts to reward you more and more and more. And eventually it's just a time game, right? So if you're posting consistently over a long period of time, it's just, it's just a matter of time before you blow up. And you get better with each video too. So that's like one of the, the best things. Like each video, you'll learn something new and then you'll add it to the next video and you'll get better and better and better. So over time, you just get like you, you over time, you become a professional just by doing the, the thing that you do. Yeah. With, with like you, with your content, what's, what's one of the biggest things that you've learned that stuck out in terms of clips that have gone viral versus clips that haven't? What's, what's been the differentiation, do you think? I would say the, the shorter the video, the better chances. Actually, no, no, no. I take that back because there are some short videos that I've posted that haven't gone viral. And there are some long videos that I've posted that have gone viral. So I would say the number one thing is you want to post quality content. Like you want to have, and by quality, I don't mean like a DSLR 4K camera. And by quality, I mean like what's inside the video. Like, is it teaching someone something? Is it entertaining them? Is it inspiring them? Like what's, what's, why would somebody in this world watch your video and share it to their friend? Is it a, is it a quality video? Like, is it something that people can learn from or it benefits their life? And if not, then why are you posting that? So a lot of my content, obviously I, I work with Tate, so he has a big following to begin with, but a lot of my content, it's luxurious content, like supercars, mansions, villas, all that good stuff, private jets. And then I make short form content with captions and motivational like quotes and stuff like that. So my content is very shareable. Like people will share it on their stories and send it to their friends and talk about it because the content kind of relates to their life. Like I also talk about like escaping the matrix and like leaving your job and, and wanting more in life, not just a nine to five and stuff like that. So you want to find a way to make content that people will share, not just talking about your life. Like if you're posting vlog videos about you and nobody knows who you are, why would somebody share your vlog? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't know who you are. They don't know what you do. So you have to first give value to people. And then when you give value to people, then they'll follow you naturally because they can, they can, they can rely on you. And they know that every single day you're going to show up and you're going to post something valuable, whether it's inspirational, educational, or motivational or, or just knowledge, you know what I mean? So so that's, that's what I would say. Just make sure whatever you're posting, it, there, it has a purpose. It's not just something of your daily vlog or something. It's something that people can learn off of you. And then you become a subject matter, matter expert and people will follow you naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that's definitely helped me over the past two years when I've been trying to build my personal brand has definitely been going on podcasts and getting in front of other people's audiences as well. Because as soon as you put yourself into someone mm -hmm. else's audience and you get the eyeballs from them onto you, you're automatically exposing yourself to, you know, let's say, you know, an extra couple of thousand people or 10,000 people plus a week 
from going on to say podcasts and getting interviewed and putting yourself in front of other people's audiences. It's also a very, very good way to make money as well when you're getting in front of other people's audiences. But I think the content game, as you said, it's, it's short form for me has definitely been my best, uh, result. But in terms of, you know, the view, the view is always going to be long term. Like, cause you're not just going to post for a month and then all of a sudden something's going to go viral and you're going to become famous. It's, it's not how it works. Like, you'll get a taste. They would have been doing this for, I don't know how many years, three, four, five years before any of their stuff probably kicked off. So, you know, and again, and that just shows you the perfect example of when you have high value or entertaining content, as you said, the goal should be when I'm creating this content, is this shareable? Would someone share this to their friends? Exactly, bro. And also like the, the algorithm will reward you based on consistency. So if you're, if you're posting once every two weeks, you're not consistent, you know? So what I, what I always strategize to people, I tell them, they're like, they're like, what can I do? I would say you're already not posting. So why don't you create a vault for yourself? Like don't, you're not posting anyways right now. So just make like 10, 15, 20 videos and have them ready and just have like a launch day where you're kind of like starting to post. And then from that day on, you're posting every every other day or every two days, no matter what happens, then you're not gonna stop. So you have a queue of two weeks, three weeks where you can make new videos. So pretty much the idea behind the, the vault strategy is you have a queue of videos that if you miss a day or you're busy or you can't create content that day, you have a lot of different content that you can just post. So you're you're consistently posting. And then as you post, the algorithm sees it. They're like, okay, this guy's trying. Let's give him some views, man. Let's let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Let's just help him out. So that's what happened to me. So as soon as I started posting consistently on my Instagram, I blew up within a month. I went viral just, just by posting consistently. And then before that, I had insane edits for years. I would have like crazy viral videos and I would spend three months on a video and post it and expect to go viral because the video is really good, right? It's quality video. But in reality, nobody cares and nobody's gonna see it because the algorithm's not pushing my view into people's faces, you know? So the videos, the people that post consistently are the people that, that always get rewarded with the, with the reach. So that's a great tip. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, being controversial within, obviously within reason, because you don't want to get canceled, but uh, being controversial as well is another great way to, uh, <laughs> you know, get yourself out there in front of other audiences, um, you know. But when it comes to... Yeah, I agree content creation as well like like you said hiring an editor to, to take the workload off and to spend money on that it's that's definitely been the most rewarding thing for me is having someone to edit and not just film but also just edit the content for you on my behalf because man I, I i don't have i literally do not have the time to sit there and edit videos as much as i'd love to i'd love to you know get better at it i just don't have the time so you know with something like that is that something that people can come to you for and like how, how do they how do people search you up online people specifically me so for me specifically people can find me through instagram they can find me through youtube uh, i have a website all that stuff so um through my content I, I get a lot of new eyes on my page and then like i meet because i work for taste and i have influence and I, and I work with people that have a name all the people that look up to that person sees my content and they're like okay if this guy works for tate then he can work for me so it kind of helps me in that regard yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think that's that's been such an amazing thing for you working with those guys. It would definitely have helped you uh, pursue more in yeah. your career. But with going like with virality and going viral on content, do you think like with Instagram specifically, because you know how they now have the category section inside of the post where it used to be hashtags, but you can now like select categories for your content to mm -hmm. go under. 
do you still use hashtags on your on your videos on your content or like how do you structure it well the algorithm is it's changing every few weeks right so now the the most recent one which you just brought up is the hashtags are kind of like not useless but they're less important nowadays than they were a lot before so me and my team like i have a team behind me that kind of like helps me with instagram and content and posting consistently my, me and my team, we test different strategies out. So we've tested that with no hashtags. And if you put the right topics, you still get a lot of views. It doesn't really matter. Sometimes like, I, I can't remember the last time I actually put like hashtags on a video. I think I just do it sometimes if I want to kind of like put like hashtag war room or, or like stuff like that. But um, I kind of stopped putting hashtags because Instagram, does, it doesn't really care about hashtags too much now. Now it's the topics, which are which, what you just said. So what it does is it groups you together with people in that niche. So if someone likes race car videos and you're and you're putting the, the tags, uh, cars, sports cars and racing, then that video is going to get, it's going to get grouped together with all the other videos. And it's going to get pushed to the people that like race car videos, because if someone's on Instagram and they don't care about race car videos, why would Instagram show them that race car video? Right? So you have to kind of think of it like what's your specific niche and what's your kind of group of people. If you're a real estate person, then you're going to put real estate topics kind of like entrepreneurship and all that stuff and it'll it'll group you together with those people because instagram is trying like instagram tiktok their goal is to get as many people on the app for as long as possible so how they do that is they use the creators and they group them together very smartly and strategically so that way you're getting shown what you want to be shown so that way you spend more time on the app if i'm looking at videos that i don't care about i'm going to quickly scroll off the app because i'm I'm on the app to, to get dopamine right so i'm going to look at the app so that's why whenever you like something or you stay on it longer and you watch the video then instagram clicks it and they know right away that you're you like this kind of stuff or you share it and then it kind of like from then on, you'll see that there's more of those videos. And even nowadays, I don't know if you have noticed it, but they have this new thing that says like, are you interested in this? Yes or no. And you can pick yes. And if you click yes, it says like, okay, we will show you more content related to this. It's like a new update. I've seen this like four or five times already in the last like couple of days. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool how they're, they're kind of updating it in real time. And you got to just play the game and, and use it to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. With because one thing that's uh, I think you're very well known for too is is all the drone footage that you do. So, because man, like I've I've seen some of the way that you control those drones, man. They're fucking zooming around like 50k's an hour, doing all these aerobatic fucking controls, <laughs> man. I'm like that shit is like insane. Oh yeah, bro. How how did you Thank how did you, you get Thank into you. all the drone footage? All right, so this is a this is a great story. So pretty much, uh, and it comes with a uh, good lesson. So I. I believe like the best way to kind of go viral is to do something before other people. So yeah. become a pioneer in the game, right? So about three or four years ago, drones started to become popular through a popular creator named Sam Colder. It wasn't like, I'm sure it was there before him, but he used it in one of his videos. And I saw this and I was like, bro, what kind of drone is this? Like, cause it was like, it was a video of somebody doing a back with off, off a cliff and he went into the water and the drone would would flip over him and it would, it would go with him downwards. And I'm like, bro, what? I've never seen this before. Cause like there's the SPV drones, which is the first person view drones. You put like goggles on your head and you, and you're looking through as if you're like a bird flying like a, through the cockpit of a plane, you know? So you're flying in first person and, and it's not like a line of sight drone. So like DJI Mavics and all those stuff, the drones that go like front and back and like up and down. Those drones are more like old school drones. I'm sure they, they have uses in specific shots, but FPV drones are something new that came into the market and it changed the game completely. So I saw a gap in the market and I knew that this would be something that I needed to get on ASAP because 
if I got on this early, then I would grow with the trend. So what I did was I bought a controller and I, I fucking, I, I, I learned how to fly it. I spent like six hours a day on simulators. Like literally I would spend six, five, six hours every single night just playing the simulator. And like, I would just like have the controller in my hand. I would, I would race. Like there was like little gas you hit in the game and I would race for hours and hours and hours. And it's kind of funny. Cause like my roommate at the time, though, the same one I was talking about earlier, he was, uh, he was like, bro, why are you wasting your time playing video games and stuff? Like you should be going out and then doing like getting more jobs and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, like you don't really understand what I'm trying to do because I see the value in this skill. And a year later, now I'm traveling full time with with some of the biggest names in the world and they're they're specifically picking me because not because specifically because of the drone but because it's i do everything at once right so if they wanted a drone guy and they wanted a photographer and they wanted a video guy and they wanted somebody that delivers on the same day or the next day and it's professional uh smart guy social awareness they just have one choice which is me right because other people can be you can invite a drone pilot and a photographer and a video guy and this and this is you have a team of six guys on the yacht but if you only have one space for one guy, then you need Yaxo because Yaxo does every single thing at once. So that's why it's kind of like a, it's like a skill that I've built and I'm happy I did so because I, now, nowadays every single creator is trying to get drones and they're learning and they're back in the first days, you know, they're trying to learn how to fly it and the basic stuff. But I'm flying under cars, through windows of cars while it's moving around people's legs, through people's legs, like different shots like this. And I've had two years of experience flying around the most expensive cars in the world so it kind of trains your stress tolerance because the first time i flew around somebody i was like i was i was nervous right i was shaking my hands like this bro i couldn't fly straight and then like then i started then i went to tate's house and tate like i was flying around tate so i flew around him for the first time i was shaking because like i didn't know like i didn't want to crash right you get nervous so you build nerve tolerance yeah. as you do more and more and more so now i can fly around bugatti and i won't even break a sweat bro i'll be like ah whatever i'll fly over bugattis and fucking supercars and all that shit so now uh, yeah, so now that it's gone viral and a lot of people love these drones, I have the experience of two years and now I can just take on jobs and not worry about crashing. Yeah, 100%, man. No, it's, it's expertise through repetition. That's just, you know, as you said, like you build up no tolerance through just continuing to do something day in, day out, day in, day out. And that's just, that's just how you get better. There's, there's no magic fucking pill or secret. It's just repetition. Continue to do it day in, day out. And also doing it before other people, right? So if I was if I was learning now, I would be in the same group of people that are just learning FPV. So it's already like it's progressed, right? So now there's so many different people. It's kind of becoming it's becoming oversaturated because every single creator now is an FPV drone pilot, but they're all beginner drone pilots. So you gotta when you see a gap in the market and you see something new come out, kind of like threads. Like threads came out a week ago or two weeks ago, and I was I was kind of like pushing people to get on it because I, I didn't know if it was going to go be the new twitter or to be the new thing so i was like bro get on threads like just make an account and start posting because whenever something new comes out you grow with the trend yeah. so as i was posting i was getting like thousands of followers every single day you know so you gotta you gotta be one of the first people and you gotta see these opportunities before they blow up because same thing with crypto same thing with all this stuff so you gotta be one of the first and you gotta be in early and you gotta try it out if it doesn't work out the kind of threads is dead now it is what it is bro like not a big deal who cares yeah do you see threads lasting? Honestly, bro, I think it's dead already. To be honest with you, bro, like I haven't, I haven't signed in in like a, a week already, and I've, I've seen a video that people, people were saying that threads drop like seventy percent of its active users because it's, it's one of those things that just come out and it's like linked to Instagram's one of the biggest apps in the world. So people are like hyped on it and they're like, oh, it's gonna be the new thing, it's gonna be the new thing. But then as reality sets in, people get bored, and then I haven't even opened the app in like a week, so I don't think it's gonna last, bro. There's no way it compares to Twitter. 
But uh, a funny story, bro. Have you seen the podcast with Tate talking shit about threads? I, I think I saw the short the short version of it where he's like, Elon fucking saved your life. What are yeah, you doing yeah, on yeah. threads? Get the fuck off threads. Get on yeah. Twitter. And, bro, I, the amount of comments I got of people being, because I was pushing it hard, right? I was like, bro, you know what? Fuck it. It may be the new thing. It may not. I was just like, let's push it. And then all the Tate fanboys, like the crazy fan, like, does Tate know you have threads? Does Tate know you have? I'm like, bro, are you like seriously like autistic or something? Bro, like, come on, man. Like if you're, if you're getting mad at me for having threads, then you, then by, by, by connection, you can't have, you can't be friends with anyone that has Instagram because it's a matrix program thing, right? So Sartorio is cut out now and this guy's cut out now and these guys are cut out now and you're cut out now. So all of the people that use Instagram can't be Tate's friend. Like obviously, like looking at logically as like a, a chess player, maybe like the reason why I wanted to be on threads is because it, it, because when you're a pioneer in the the new whatever it is you grow with the trend so i got a lot of followers just by getting on the app early because as i was as people were signing up for it they're following me instantly right so it's just one of those things like obviously i'm i'm with tate i'm 100 on his side and i'm sure he's he doesn't give a fuck about his threads he's just like making a joke like he does right he's like ah fuck threads this game blah, blah 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 but like i'm sure tristan tristan used uh instagram until he got banned right so it's not really like a it's not really a thing where, you know, if you, if, if I have threads, I can't be in Kate's circle because he thinks it's gay and shit. People take things so, like, literally. Like, bro, like, like Tate will talk shit about sushi and people will never order sushi in his life. He was like, oh, Tate talks shit about sushi, I can't have sushi in my life. Or Tate talks shit about vaping, I can never vape in my life. Bro, like, chill out, man. Like, it's not that serious, bro. He's just making a joke. He's fucking He's around. Nice. Like, people are so, like... Like they just, they hear it and they're like, okay, I can never have sushi in my life. And I'm chilling with Tate on the table. He ordered sushi and I'm looking at him I'm like, bro. And he's like, nah, it's for the girls, it's for the girls, it's for the girls. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just like, got you, bro. Be, be, your, yeah, be bro. your own fucking man. Have, have your own, like, path in love. Like, if you want to eat fucking sushi, eat sushi. Who gives a shit? Like, it's like the sparkling water thing. Like, exactly, bro. And you know, exactly. I because he pushed the whole sparkling water yeah, thing. Bro, I started oh thinking, God, I was like, people. does this guy have, like, a secret fucking uh, sparkling water company or something? I'm like... He's pushing sparkling water. Company. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, surprised, yeah. It bro. It was like with uh, the Aiden Ross thing, but he was- Bro, and also the people, bro. Uh, you know, when Aiden, Aiden was, yeah, Aiden ahead, was sorry, drinking the, the fucking soy latte or whatever it was, and um, he's like, what are you drinking that mocha, mocha soy fucking latte bullshit? He's like, you should be drinking fucking spring, uh, sparkling water. Yeah. And he's like, you've got 10 minutes- to get sparkling water into the house before I get off the podcast and Aiden's fucking flipping out and then he gets like Uber Uber East to come and deliver the sparkling water. <laughs> it's just like fuck. Another thing that, that annoys me is people that are like, I'll take four of the people like that kind of know I work for Tate and then they, they'll just be like, okay, what do you think? What do you think I should do? And then they just look and they go like this. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? What are you doing, bro? You're not Tate. Why are you doing his hand symbol as if it's like cool or something? Like, oh, I gotta do this, this, this hand symbol so I can, so I can be inside Tate, bro. If any, if anything that makes you look like a fucking loser because you're just copying and you're not a man of your own and you're just copying someone and then they like have cigar and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I look good? Do I look good? I'm like, no, you don't. Low, relax, man. Put your fucking hands down and like, like it's weird, bro. Like, sure, sometimes you can do it if you wanna get some some energy or whatever. But like, bro, doing it in front of a photo because you know I work for Tate is not gonna impress me, bro. It's not gonna impress me, and it's it's so like cliche and like cheesy now that it's like anyone that does it that's not Tate or in the Tristan family, like the Tristan Tates and the Tates family. It's, it's weird, bro. Like, why are you doing this hand symbol? It's not yours. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not. Chill out. Like, make your own hand, not, hand, hand symbol. You wanna be? You wanna be a fucking? You wanna be a part of a gang? and make your own fucking gang song, honestly, because that's basically what it is. But, you know, yeah, exactly, you know I mean? bro. Like, like, what are you doing? And they, they think they, they think it's like impressing the guy. You know, like, bro, chill out, man. Like, 
be your own person, guys. Come on, man. Like Tay, Tay respects you more because you're your own person. And you're not trying to copy him. You know, like if you're if you're just copying everything else, you're just a fanboy, bro. Come on. Honestly, think he'd prefer you to say to you that that hand sign's fucking gay. I don't want to do it. I want to do. This is this is what I like. He'd respect you more. You know what I mean? I, I respect yeah, people they, more when they when they they, shut, they would respect you yeah. more, right? Because you're when they shut down my my thing or they go, I don't like that. I want to do this instead. Then I'm like, okay, well, okay, this motherfucker's got an opinion. If, if if one thing people hate is it's a yes man, bro. Like anything you say, like yes man, yes, 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 yes. Bro, like say your opinion. Like why are you scared, bro? Just say your opinion. Like what's the what's the what's the problem? He's gonna say, oh no, okay, no. Like I don't want to do that. Let's do this, okay, bro. Let's do what you want to do. You know, so you 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 gotta have like some balls in this world, bro. Like people just like they, they just become yes men, and that's all they do, bro. They just they just follow the trends and they stay quiet, and then they die, and they people forget about them. So. You, you gotta you gotta have your own life man you know what i mean so i'm sure like like tate's tate's knowledge and wisdom is amazing but don't take everything so literal yeah. bro like relax like, i'm sure tate's ordered sushi and fucking you know what i mean so it's not the end of the world <laughs> i know but that's why i laugh when you see all these fucking morons that take everything literally i'm like do you not have a brain to look at what he's saying versus what he actually means and if you watch him when he talks when he says shit He's trying to hold back his smirk when he says it because he knows it's so ridiculous with half the shit that he says. And I'm just so surprised yeah. people can't pick that up. Exactly, bro. But, um, man, talk a little bit more about uh, with your, your business. Like, I noticed you've got the, the logo behind your head there. Logo right here, this ninja mask behind me. It's kind of like I'm covering it a bit. But pretty much what it means, it's, uh, it's a brand that I created called Regime. And then it's my media team. So pretty much anything that I take on, it goes under the brand name regime. Obviously, I'm the leader and the CEO of the regime, but I have other team members inside of the regime that work with me and they come with me to shoot and they help me film and they have editors around the world. So it's not just me because uh, this is a really good lesson too that I want to share. It's pretty much... um that you need to have a machine running. You need to have a team behind you to to compete with other people around the world because the people, the top people in the world, like Alex Ramosi, Grant Cardone, Andrew Tate, you, th you really think these guys are doing everything themselves? Bro, these guys have teams of 100 people behind them that are working like endlessly and they're, they're working as a team for one single goal. So this is a lesson that I learned actually uh, about a year ago, which was I was shooting with this uh, famous uh, Indian... Uh, rapper, right? So he, he's a big guy. He's kind of like the Drake of India. And I was shooting with, I was an FPV drone for their shoot. So, so they would hire me for my hourly rate and I would send them the drone. So I asked this guy because every single Friday without fail, this guy would have a professional edited music video. Every single Friday it would drop and it would get like 100 million views, 200 million views. And I'm like, bro, how are you creating all these videos professionally in this amount of time? And he's like, he's like, Bro, you, you guys are so crazy. Like, you guys try to do everything yourself. I have a team, so pretty much he told me he has a machine running, right? So he was like, I hire you for drone content. I go, I shoot a two-day music video with the client, and then I take that video, and I send it to some guy in India, and then I pay him his rate. He pays me my rate, and then... When he takes the workload off of him, he can go out and meet new people and shoot for more clients. So this guy has like a machine rolling, right? So he has me for drones. He has the other guy for editing and he's the guy filming it and, and, and getting the clients in. So pretty much every single Friday, there's a new video dropping and he's making like fucking millions, bro. This guy's so rich. And I'm like, bro, this guy's so smart. So I kind of took that and I applied it to my own business. So now I have like two editors working for me and I have some film guys that I hire here and there and stuff like that. So because you can't do everything yourself, right? You can only... You can only do so much as, as like as it like together than you can yourself, right? So 
I, I usually go film projects and then I'll, I'll send some of the projects to my editors and then my editors will make a draft of it. And then I'll take the draft and I'll add my own touch to it. I'll change some stuff. I'll remove some stuff and then I'll finalize it. I'll do the color grading and all that stuff. So I have a team running behind me and then that's allowed me to create more content, take on more clients and make more money at the end of the day. And everyone wins, right? So I have editors in Bangladesh. I have editors in, in different countries all over the world that they they don't have access to these kind of supercars. They don't have access to these kind of clients. So working with me, they get to do what they love, which is they love editing and helping. And like, they like to be a part of these projects, right? So that's one of the, like the main things that I've learned is like, you got to have a team behind you. Cause if you don't, you're going to get ripped apart by people that have like eight, nine people on the team. So going back to the regime thing. So I have a, the, the regime uh, is my media team. And then I also have the, the regime academy which is a course kind of uh, another company that i'm building but it's a course company so it's pretty much teaching people how to create content and then how like so there's different kind of courses right so right now i have uh just uh, right now i have one course which is a mobile mastery course and this is for like the general population so if you don't know how to create content if you're a beginner and you, and you want to learn like all the secrets of how to how to create content professionally we're using just your phone so uh, in that course, I go through all the different steps. So how to take that phone, how to film it in the best quality, what angles to use, how to set up a setup like this, how to get the lighting right, the audio equipment, how to get professional audio on your iPhone, how to use AI and stuff like that. So the first chapter is just the phone part, teaching you how to use the phone. The second part, so chapter two is the AI revolution. So using the best AIs in the world, like ChatGPT, um, there's so many time bowls. There's so many like that. I don't even want to name them yet, but there's literally like, I just in this course, I have 30 different AIs that I talk about. I dive wow. into in depth and I teach you how to use these AIs to create content. And then also the chapter three, which is the most important part is how to take that content and how to package it. So it's called the package. And you take that content you and you make it into like a shiny present box and you send that box to the world. So how do you use algorithm tricks, um, different ways to increase view time, different ways to milk engagement, like all the tricks that I've used to build my following from 10,000 to 213,000 currently of active like followers that actually want to watch my videos and stuff. So I never bought any followers. I never bought any views. I never did any advertisements. I just... I found the right people to help me create content consistently. And then I go out, I shoot the content, I make videos and then I, I make like big edits and then I send them to my editors and they rip it apart and they make little reels and they make short kind of motivational stuff. So I'm able to post every single day consistently and quality content using my team behind me. Right. So this is like the strategy that you got to use. You got to, you got to treat your content creation business or your, your company as a team. You can't just do everything yourself. You only have so many hours of the day. So. So you got to figure out the right people on your team. You got to vet them correctly because there are people that will, they're sneaky people that kind of like try to take your clients and they lie to you and all that stuff. So you, you get better and better over time reading people and eventually you get a team that's reliable. They're trustworthy. They're loyal. And then you grow with them and you help them out too, whenever you can. So I'm, I'm going to bring my team up with me to the top and I'm going to make sure they're, they have Lamborghinis and all that shit, bro. I'm not going to make money and then not give my team money. Right. So this is how I work as a person. If you help me, I help you back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's man. it, bro. And that's the regime team. Yeah. You're always going to give more than you take at the end of the day, man. It always comes back tenfold. Man. I don't care who you are, what you do, but if you lead with value and immense fucking value over a long period of time, the ROI on that will just be extensive. I mean, you look at Hormozzi's man, like Alex, his book, it was pretty much the only thing that you could buy off him for, I even still think to this day, like his book was the only thing that he sold people. His YouTube channel, his website, he even had a full course on his website 
on basically how to launch a digital product and sell and create offers. And like, I think that was like a eight or nine Damn. part series on his website. It's still there now. You can go and watch it today. Like, it's all completely free. All his YouTube, like that YouTube channel, I think has more value than any business degree in the fucking world. I don't care. You're talking Harvard or any of those, you know, the best universities in the world. That man has given more value in business, in my opinion, than any other uh, creator on on platforms, in my opinion. I, I think he's the best to ever do it. And that's just to show you. I agree. When you lead with I agree, bro. value and, and free content and information, I'm not saying it's not smart to have something to monetize in the back end because I think if you're starting off and you're a new business owner, you do need the influx of money. You need cash flow. But when you are doing what he's done, like people, like he always says all the time, he helps on about it. If you can go, you know, two, three years of just giving so much immense value, like you will build your own community and your own audience that will then, when you finally go to launch a product or you have something to sell, you've given so much value that in their head, they're going to think his free stuff is better than anyone's paid paid uh, product or program or service. Imagine what this product will be like when I actually give him some money. So like, and I think when you think about it in that way, mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense. And the online space is riddled with you know, fake gurus and people that just talk shit and just want to scam people and take their money that when you, I guess do it in a way like where Alex has set up his audience and what he's done. He's done it in such a smart, brilliant way that people unequivocally just trust him because he's built that rapport with his audience over such Mm -hmm. a long period of time now through his YouTube channel, through Facebook, Instagram, and he's also his books. Well, he's now got two books. uh, I think it's got $100 million leads is his new book that he's just about to bring out now. Um, but I, th- I think it's honestly, it's one of the best long-term ways to, to build up an audience with what he's done. You gotta, you gotta provide value for free. And then over time, you, you, if you're consistent, people will just follow you and they'll wait for your content. Right. So he's very smart. And I used to like last year, I remember like every time I would eat food, I would go on his YouTube channel to watch a new video, you know, just like 15 minute video I'd watch and I would learn so much. I'm like, damn, bro, this guy's just after two videos. I'm like, bro, I gotta follow this guy. Cause this guy has so much value. It's for free. And why would I spend my time watching some stupid Netflix show when I can learn and I can like, and I can educate myself with new theories and business ideas and all that stuff. So that's another thing too. So instead of wasting your time watching Netflix shows and series and movies and all that stuff, why don't you use that time to learn, read books, listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts such as this one or podcasts with Andrew Tate. Um, like, you know what I mean? So it's much better to fill your brain with all this good stuff than film, fill it with nonsense on Netflix. Like, I don't, I don't remember the last time I've opened up Netflix or watched it. It's been like maybe 10 years or I don't know how long ago, man. Like it's been so long that I've watched Netflix that it's like, so why? Like, why would you do that? So, yeah, it's awesome, bro. I, like, I, I really like Alex Ramosi's style, and there's there's a lot more space up here for a lot of other people. So, if you're thinking about getting in the game and you have unique skills and life experiences, I hi- highly recommend you put a camera down and just film your your lessons that you learned. And one of those lessons can go viral and get you millions of different views and followers and build your own brand. It's not that hard, man. A lot of people have done it, and a lot of more people will do it. So it just depends who's willing to go through the process of filming and uploading and all that stuff so if you if you can i would say get on that today man yeah 100 percent. i think people overestimate what they can do in a week and underestimate what they can do in a year like it's just consistency man you just gotta be consistent exactly keep keep pounding away and, and 
and like the old saying is Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you know, just keep at it, be consistent. And, mm-hmm. and if you provide value, people will see that and you will over time build a community in which you can monetize and you can eventually earn a living off and quit your bullshit day job and, and do what you actually want to do, which is exactly what you're doing right now. What I love for a living, man, it's a, it's a very cool feeling, man, being able to wake up every morning and just feel like I'm on vacation. And I, it's, it's like I'm getting paid for what I love doing, right? So I would be filming regardless if someone was paying me or not. So if I can get paid for it, it's an amazing thing, bro. So I I think everyone can find something that they genuinely love. And then if you can figure out a way to make money, then you're living life, man. It's not about how much money you can make, but it's about what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. If you're If you're making millions of dollars and you hate your fucking life working some shitty job, then like... You're not going to be happy, right? No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I think, yeah, if you're doing what you love, you're going to get fulfillment. If you're getting fulfillment, you're going to be a lot happier as a person. But um, when it comes to, mm-hmm. I mean, you actually with your platform, where do people find you? Like, what's your what's your handles in terms of your social media and your website and all that? So I have a couple of different handles. So my first and main private, like not private, my personal account on Instagram is Yaxology. So Y-A-X-O. L-O-G-Y. And then uh, that's where I post most of my reels, viral content, like motivational stuff, inspirational stuff, and all my kind of like best footage. And then I also have my brand name, which is the regime behind me. And the handle for that on Instagram is at regime, R-E-G-I-M-E. And then I also have the regime academy. So on Instagram, it's regime academy. And that's where I'll be posting more once my course officially launches. Obviously, it's launched up right now. It's it's in a pre-sale, but I'm still kind of updating the algorithms and I mean the AI stuff and trying to make sure that it's the newest AI stuff on the market because every single day a new one comes out. And I'm researching and I'm trying to figure out the best ones that people can use for their content creation purposes. So if you want to go and sign up for this course, you can sign up at www.regimeacademy.com. It's live right now. So just give me like another week or so it'll be officially live and i'll be broadcasting it all over my instagram all over social media and stuff so you'll see all over my other handles but for now if you want to go in and check it out you could go right now purchase it and you can start watching the the course which is about 80 percent finished right now i just need to finish the ai stuff and then we're good to go yeah and if you want a 99.9 percent discount just put my name in sam mcleod and then you'll you actually give it to you for free <laughs> I say it, bro. I, I got you guys, man. I said, just put no. Sam McLeod in there and, and we'll make it happen. No. But honestly, guys, <laughs> if you don't want to learn content creation and in terms of building your brand and personal and social media, this, this Yakso is the man. I've seen his work firsthand and it's, it's honestly, bro, your work is second to none. It is fucking incredible. So you should be extremely proud of yourself. And man, I just want to uh, close it off. Thank you, bro. Close it off by saying, man, it's Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, guys, in the show notes, I will have all of Yakso's handles as well. So don't worry if you didn't hear it. It'll be in the show notes. And um, I hope this will be one of many episodes to come, man, with you. I look forward to uh, continuing to have you on the show, man. And we'll keep, uh, keep, we'll keep building together. Keep building together. Amazing, brother. Thank you, man. I'm excited to meet you in uh, December, right? Australia. Yeah. I'm coming 100%, by. man. December, brother. We, um, man, we should, <laughs> awesome, bro. We Thank should you. definitely try and uh, throw a little event together as well, man. I think it would uh, do extremely well. I'm down, brother. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, and we'll talk about it, bro. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on the episode. It's been amazing talking with you. I know it was a little bit of a hiccup trying to get the times right because we're in different parts of the world, but we made it happen in the end. And I'm very happy with how it happened. So I hope 
I hope this the podcast helped a lot of creators and other people around the world. So if you guys are interested, you guys know where to find me and you know where to find Sam. So thank you guys for watching and I'll see you guys next time. Awesome, brother, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you've learned something from today's episode and know the next steps to focus on in your business. Want more resources to jumpstart your journey? Click the link in the show notes to see what else I have to offer and book a call with myself to jumpstart your business and make shit happen. I specialize in helping people turn their passion into six-figure businesses to replace your nine-to-five through online education and high-ticket coaching. If this is something that interests you, you can reach out to me through any of my social media outlets in the description below.